of the assemblage point where we try to tackle all the issues of the day and all kinds of things that are going on around us from a little bit of a different perspective and uh, trying to go maybe deep down into some rabbit holes. My name is Didi Levy and with me is Brennan Young, Hi. my co-host. And uh, maybe we should just start off by telling a little bit about ourselves, why we're here and why assemblage point. Let's start with the name, Assemblage Point. Yeah, Assemblage Point, that is a reference to an idea from Carlos Castaneda, um, derived from uh, his studies of uh, somebody called Don Juan, a Mexican shaman, uh, who uh, described this place uh, in consciousness, which um, uh, represented your attachment to reality or your view of reality. Uh, it's where consciousness meets. Exactly, it's meets a kind reality. of reality. It's yeah. a kind of perspective it's point. A perspective point, right? Yeah, and of course, by shifting that around, um, you change your perspective. You can change your perspective. You can also uh, test your ideas actually um, yeah. by doing that. So it's a it's a powerful idea and. Uh, we thought it would be very appropriate for uh, what we want to do here. Exactly. It's also constructive. We want to assemble something, yeah. make something happen. Yeah. Just so we're clear, we're probably we're trying to change the paradigm a little bit of what's well known and raise the questions and maybe answer a few. Yeah. That's right. Uh, all right. A little bit about ourselves. I'm. Uh, we're both musicians, obviously, and uh, our format is going to be we're probably going to be singing this song that we co-wrote together uh, about every topic that we're going to talk about. So this first episode, our topic is going to be about censorship, which is very prevalent, especially these days, as we're recording this on the 2nd of December, 2020. Right in the middle of, right in the, middle of uh, the coronavirus response, which has uh, taken over the whole of the developed world. And... Um, and since we're talking about ourselves, let's just finish that up, I guess. Yeah, let's, let's do that. <laughs> so uh, we're musicians, uh, we're also uh, both software developers, we work for the same company, and... Um, that's where we met. In that's where we met. Yeah. And we are uh, both very curious individuals uh, with a lot of life experience and uh, researching a lot of areas. Um, I don't think either of us have... Uh, have been uh, in the habit of uh, believing or trusting the mainstream media. Uh, on the contrary, oh, not for a good twenty years for me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk about that as we roll into the kind of the conversation here. Yes, indeed. And uh, one, maybe one other point I will would like to make is that um, is that uh, what is my point actually? I wish that, I could tell that, you. <laughs> there were. Uh, going to be talking about um, a lot of uh, different topics that may be controversial. Sure. And, and, uh, and, also and, and our goal, that's what I want to talk oh, about. Yeah. Our goal, our purpose with this thing is really to wake people up. I think, or at least personally for me, I got this fire right now because I'm seeing what's going on and I see the huge divide between what I know is going on and the way that reality is presented to people and people's reaction to what's going on with this, uh, specifically this coronavirus, but everything around it as well. So um, we really, really are interested in informing people, getting the message out there, starting the dialogue, and most importantly, uniting each other, because I think in these times... Uh, oh, people are very uh, removed, we need, we, removed yeah. from each other and alienated from each other. And, uh, and well, I'm not really sure about that. I think people are actually a lot friendlier in the street now. Well, true, yeah. but there are, there are physical restrictions which make it difficult to yeah. have ordinary contact with each other. and. Uh, but in short, I think that w I think people need to really, really help each other, rely on each other. We have to 
really support each other now in these times, trying times, because, I mean, needless to say, obviously, uh, government's not going to be the savior here. Well, I, my feeling is that uh, a, a really large number of people have suspicions that they're not being told the truth uh, by the mainstream media. And um, uh, one way to find out whether your alternative ideas might have some value is to share them with other people. And that's really the, for me, that's the most important thing about this, that we are actually just testing ideas out on each other. Um, and often we don't agree about absolutely everything, and that's interesting too. It's a way of just checking. Uh, how does this play out against uh, this other view, and how does it play out against the mainstream view? And um, and I think some interesting uh, perspectives can come out of that. Some interesting assemblage points. Yes. Yep. Agree. And I also think that um, that uh, we have a lot to talk about. We certainly do. And uh, on the subjects of the mainstream media and what it's not telling us, uh, we're going to move on to today's topic, which is censorship. Uh, right. Exactly. I'm sure we won't. Uh, this won't be the only time we talk about this topic, but it's an important uh, foundation for us. Yeah, especially the since we're probably expecting to be censored at some point <laughs> with this thing. Yeah, I don't expect, I don't expect this is going to be uh, something that uh, is going to be uh, promoted wildly in, uh, in the mainstream. In the mainstream. Yeah. Um, but um, well, let's talk about censorship. Um, maybe we should. Pr maybe define what censorship is and the different forms that it takes and how it's... Uh... Yeah, we, can, we could maybe talk about the most <coughs> obvious kind of censorship, which is when uh, a state or an organization actually prevents uh, a particular voice or a narrative from, from coming out. Um, it's the most... Uh, it's, it's what people usually think of when we talk about censorship, a kind of uh, blocking of information, and it's, of course, been going on for hundreds, probably thousands of years. Uh, it's a very effective way of controlling people, of course, uh, making sure that uh, certain messages don't get don't get uh, don't get through. Um, and there are many fascinating examples um, throughout history. Uh, people like Galileo, for example, really good example, uh, wasn't allowed to <laughs> to uh, share what he discovered about uh, the movement of the, the the planets and the sun. And, yeah, uh, a lot of the people that were so-called um respected thinker, great people in history were in in their day Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, and you know, of course, there's the book burning, there's uh, the burning of the light. That's right, that's right. And that's a very interesting uh, uh, variant of it where you not only have uh, the state it's authorities... It's a historical perspective that we know of. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's not just the state authorities saying well, you, you mustn't have... That, mes that message mustn't come out, but it's rather, okay, the message is out there, but we think it's so awful that we should just, we should uh, make a Removed. ritual, yeah. ritual of destroying <laughs> it in a big, in a big public Removed bonfire. Removing from existence altogether, um, so. Yeah, there'll be many examples there. As you say, book burning has happened many times throughout history. Okay. Uh, also in the, in America in the 1950s, that was actually quite common. Um, uh, but uh, in many and today, places too. And today as well, it happens. Today we've got the modern book burning, which is basically uh, down the memory hole and disappearing. Uh, right. right out of 1984, just right oh, off the, the very, internet. Yeah. The very recent example was the the story with the New York Post. Um, that, uh, the that's Biden emails? The Biden email story. And I I don't think we need to dwell on the, the story itself. I don't even think it's all that interesting. It's a, it's a fairly... Lightweight. Oh, I think it's monumental, actually. But that's another story. We're not going to talk about that now. Yeah, but it's a, if, if uh, the, the the aspects of the story uh, are not relevant at all. What's interesting is the is with the almost total uh, blockage of that story coming out on uh, total blackout on social media and also on almost all the uh, mainstream media as and well. And this was we have to mention it. This was actually published by the New York Post, which is yeah, that's a mainstream the network. oldest. The oldest existing mainstream uh, outlet out there. It's about 200 years old. Yeah, that's uh, uh, And Twitter just yanked it the second that they, that they published the stuff. It was it was gone. It was, yeah, that's it right. Disappeared. So that's a that's an example of that kind of uh, what we could say authoritarian censorship, where it's just, it's just blocking the information from coming out. And Except for that, this was done by a so-called social media company. Right? Yeah, but also the the mainstream wouldn't touch it either. It was only New York oh, Post, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a very interesting case, and uh, I think that that case is going to be discussed for years to come, for much longer than the, oh, the, you know, the story I mean, itself. I think it's just another example. There's so many. I mean, look at the Julian Assange case, one of the most funny. important stories of our lifetime. You know, yeah. a, a journalist who actually published some stuff that was damaging to Another country. He wasn't even like uh, 
you know, he's not a U.S. citizen. He never, he wasn't, he wasn't even in the U.S. He had nothing to do with the U.S. That's right. And and he was just basically publishing some information that was sent to him by a, by an anonymous whistleblower, mm -hmm. which turned out to be not anonymous in the end. But, uh, and then and look at look at the trial. He's he's being tried for extradition, and he's he's well, behind the a glass thing. Uh, well, the interesting thing with that case is that that that, took, that moves us onto another kind of class of censorship, censorship, which is uh, censorship by omission, and that's a, in. In liberal democracies like uh, USA, Britain, Denmark, um, uh, censorship by omission is by far the most uh, uh, common form of censorship, and that is simply that you have a, um, a news editor, or more likely a group of news editors, from, often from different uh, publications, different sources, excuse me, different uh, outlets. Um, agreeing that they simply won't touch a story, and the Assange story is. Um, absolutely perfect case in, in point. Um, there's been hardly any cover, coverage of the extradition uh, hearings that's been going on at the end of 2020, uh, and, uh, or autumn 2020, when indeed, as, as Diddy points out, uh, Julian was kept in absolutely ghastly conditions. Um, Pretty much tortured, I would say. Well, yeah, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Torture said that he was actually being tortured. And, uh, this is the journal, nobody touched the that Nobody touched that story either, the no, fact no, that no. the UN has, has, uh, has found, him, uh, uh, found that he's being tortured. Um, so there's almost total silence, total uh, omission of that, of that story. Um, it doesn't look very good when you have a country that uh, is, is claiming to be uh, a free society, a, free society yeah. a liberal society that is actually <laughs> locking, up its, uh, locking up dissident journalists. I mean, this is the kind of thing that uh, in the Cold War, that was the sort of, uh, that would be yeah. ammunition for bashing the, uh, yeah. the Soviet Union or, uh, or, or uh, uh, West, East Germany. Um, but uh, Britain seems to be... Uh, it seems to be uh, getting away with it, um, at least as far as the mainstream media is concerned. And that's uh, probably, I would say that's the most crystal clear case if you wanted to argue why should you not uh, get your truth from the mainstream media. I think the Julian Assange case is the, the, uh, the, the, the most uh, clear example of that they're simply not doing their job of telling us what's going on in that very yeah, important yeah. case. If I may interject here, like one of the most fascinating things about this is how aligned all the mainstream media That's outlets right. are in this topic. That, I mean, right. it's not like you're getting one outlet that'll, that will speak out or mention. I mean, it's total silence and blackout on all of them. There, it's like it's it's and including social media, by the mm -hmm. way. Uh, you know, you try to post something on Facebook or Twitter about this, That's right. it's not going to make it very far. It's, That's it's, right. It's going to be disappeared as well. And I think you're touching there upon, uh, uh, well, there's two, two in interesting aspects about that. One is that we have this uh, vision of a, of a pluralist uh, free press, and a free media uh, environment where anybody can publish anything. Well, that's sort of true, but on the other hand, um, what actually gets out there is controlled by a group of people that all... Uh, compare notes. A very small group. Of a, small, a very small group of people. Yeah. The news editors they compare notes every single day. They drink in the same well, bars. I, I think they're just getting their marching orders, you know, from another. I mean, uh, there's been there's so, there's plenty of examples online of. I don't think they're getting of how, of how like different local, uh, basically, uh, you know, inter at an international level, but news news stories of, about the same topic in different outlets are using the exact same buzzwords. You know, oh, like, certainly like, they do that. I mean, it's, 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 it's as if somebody just sent them, all right, this is the, uh, the news, and, and it's, it's, to me, it seems like the journal, these, the, the, these presenters, I'm going to call them, on the mainstream media, they're, mm. they're so far removed from journalism at this point, they don't investigate, they don't have their own opinion, they're basically regurgitating. They're, they're announcers, really. They're, they're, just they're propagandists. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, really, they're just reading out what's uh, shown in front of them. I think that's a very important point, and I think um, there's been some very interesting examples where people have gone to the considerable trouble of recording news reports from all over the USA, all those different uh, um, news channels from all over, the, all over the country, reporting on the same story, and it's word-for-word word, identical coverage about the story. Unbelievable, yeah. It's completely, I mean, when you... When it's you, like they're actors and they're just like, you know, they got little slight differences in the way they present the exact same word. I wish I had a good example, but I saw so many of these things. It's, it's amazing, amazing, isn't it, to see those. And what's, what's 
and this is where I, uh, you know, I would disagree with the idea that they're getting their marching orders. I think that they, those people, for example, the presenters, their job is to is to look nice, <laughs> look well groomed, have a nice speaking voice, uh, and uh, and and to just carry the message verbally. Um, I don't think they're getting their marching orders. I think they they that's just their job. Um, but uh, how how do you explain the fact that they got the exact same? Texts and, and buzzwords. Oh, they get the, they get the same uh, text. The text itself. I mean, they're is basically the same. reading it from a teleprompter. Yeah, the text itself is the same, and uh, that must be the case. There's no other explanation for it. Um, and the news. Uh, this is a very important point that um, uh, Nick Davis, actually a, a Guardian journalist, I've got very little respect for the Guardian these days, but. Um, well, they did publish the. They did. Edward Snowden stuff and any kind of. Yeah. Published a little bit of it, and they kind of killed. We the could rest. do a whole episode about yeah, the Guardian yeah, we'll there. Uh, but um, um, Nick Davis uh, wrote a book called Flat Earth News. It's a bit out, a bit dated now, but I strongly recommend that you, that you read it. It's a very very interesting book, um, where he says that uh, journalists increasingly, and this was this is now 15 years ago. I think the book came out approximately. Um, so things have only got worse since. Journalists simply receive. Uh, PR copy on the, they get a pile of PR copy press releases on their desk every single day, and their news editor says we need five stories finished by lunchtime, uh, and that's their job. And what they tend to do, this is not at all unusual, they will copy the press release, edit it for length, put their name at the top, and, and that's their piece of journalism. That's the way that I would say 95% of journalism is, operates today, if it's not already been taken over by computers doing the same trick. Um, and the same thing happens with uh, broadcast news. Uh, those, the, what comes up on the teleprompter is, uh, is uh, created in much the same way. So that, I think, explains very well how, how the stories become aligned so quickly. And it's very dangerous, of course. It shows that there's no... It shows there's a, to me, it, should, it's, it demonstrates that there's a centralized power or authority that's pretty much dictating what the news is going to be. That's right, and it would be, it's, very, it's very easy for an intelligence organization to, to game that system. They just have to control uh, a few people at Reuters. They don't have to worry about controlling someone at The Guardian and somebody yeah, at the New a, York Times. The CIA, the CIA had a, what was a, oh, Mockingbird, they, Mockingbird, that's, yeah, they, that's they a project, have a, Mockingbird. Yes, they have a... That's where they, you know, decided to like slip a... Well, there are people into all the news organizations in Britain. Exactly, and they've been extremely effective in that. And then you've got uh, Chomsky's, uh, or Chom excuse me, Chomsky Herman's uh, propaganda model, which says that um, and this is actually much more subtle, uh, and this is where I, I kind of um, uh, the idea of marching orders isn't quite doesn't quite capture it. The point is, you don't even get the job as a news editor or as a journalist at the Guardian or the New York Times or the Washington Post um, unless you've already got, you already demonstrated a, uh, um, a particular worldview, a particular ideological perspective. You just don't get the job. So they don't have to worry about those people uh, well, they do because, I mean, pushing they, them around. There have been like people that have uh, you know, started to question, <laughs> question their morality at some point. Fewer and, and, and fewer. Flipped, you know, like, fewer and fewer. You've got someone like Chris Hedges is one of the... One yeah, of like Lou Dobbs few. over at uh, whatever. He's, he's, he's actually doing some good work now but when he, before he was a total shill, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a few other ones, but uh, yeah, but of course he's not doing through the. He got, he got kicked off the networks, and so he's exactly the point. The point I'm making is yeah. that you don't get you exactly you get kicked off or you lose you get, your job. Yeah, you John Pilger, for example, really great journalist. Oh, great journalist. He got he he's he's completely excluded from the and he's award-winning journalist. Chris Hedges, I just mentioned. Yeah. Pulitzer oh, Prize winner. There's a bunch of them. And just excluded from the mainstream media, and there are many, many others. And that, that is the good news is that there are. That's what, right. A lot of really good journalists out there still. It's just, right. They're just not in the mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, so and now maybe we should actually, if we're going to be trashing the mainstream media here, why, why don't we just talk about another form of censorship, which is distraction? Yes. And uh, oh, I would say that <laughs> quite a lot of new, what we call news falls into this category. Oh yeah, uh, pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly all sports, all lifestyle journalism. No, uh, but even even, uh, but even covering the, even co covering COVID, you know, like uh, oh, sure, the, yeah. the, they'll they'll fearmonger the COVID uh, thing, the new cases, new cases, they're going up, they're going down, going up. Yeah, bop, bop, yeah, down, yeah. Down. it's like but, but what's really happening behind the scenes there at the same time? Giving you something. Is, to look is at. that your rights are being taken away? The economy is being absolutely trashed. The central banks are like 
printing up money and buying up the entire world. There's a new world government being set up right in front of our eyes. But they won't cover that. Everybody's like, look over there, look over at that COVID yeah, thing, and be afraid, be afraid. Look at the COVID thing, be afraid. It's the, it's and don't, the, and don't, and don't and, and let's ignore all the ways that you're being screwed at the moment. That's kind of the way I see it. You know? It's the same trick that's pulled by yeah. uh, confidence tricks, tricksters and uh, well, magicians. Stage, stage magicians. Yeah, magicians, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, illusionists. Illusionists, so, so that you have the, uh, you know, the pickpocket who bumps into you and, and while he's saying sorry and you know, brushing your lapels yeah, off, he's, actually he's got off. his finger in your pocket. Uh, and that's a very much, uh, I would say, most uh, of the news, most of what's called the news and what passes for news in the, in the mainstream media it has that quality of, of just misdirecting, distracting. Uh, most of it's meaningless, worthless, has no impact, no importance for people's everyday lives. Um, what it has, perhaps, is above all entertainment value. Uh, it's often uh, sensational. In my I don't know. It, not for me. It. Not for me. I don't give a shit about that stuff. But no, I'm just, I'm just saying. That, <laughs> I, but they will. They know they're going to. I know, I know people that are you know addicted to these news, especially like the older generation, and they'll they're, yes. they're, they're, uh, they'll watch the news every day, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, depending. And uh, and, then, and then at the end of the news thing, they'll just, they'll just feel like. Terrible. They're yeah. you know they're like they almost almost uh, dep totally depressed. You know, yeah. they're, they're, all they all they see is how threats. bad things are, how how much the threats are to our society and to their lives That's and to right. this and, and that and a lot of fear, a lot of fear, a lot of fear. And the threats and, and, and people are addicted to that well. feeling apparently because they tune in the next day, the day after, and they do it all over again. And it's like a it's like a cycle. What was that quote from uh, Mencken? He's a very interesting American a guy called Mencken. From um, he was an American journalist from the early twentieth century, very popular in the early twentieth century. Um, and he said that the whole the whole aim of pra of, of practical politics is uh, to keep the populace alarmed <laughs> and uh, uh, willing to be led to safety by uh, by their leaders. Uh, by, yeah, being, a, by being menaced by an endless series of hobgoblins, and I just think, wow, that's just <laughs> just captures it, and it's just as true now as it was in. It's the, like David Icke's uh, pro uh, problem reaction solution, or no problem reaction solution. Yeah, right, right. Or, yeah, that's actually more of what it is. Uh, yeah, there will be. That's interesting. How that some sometimes the the distraction is about something that we really should worry about. Oh my goodness, video nasties! It was when I was a teenager. Um, or it might be uh, I don't know uh, Muslim grooming gangs, or all these all these uh, terribly uh, sensational stories that um, um, that are supposed to make people very upset. And then you have the other kind of story, which are sort of uh, supposed to remind you how how good actually the status quo is. And well, yeah. I, I grew up in a, I grew up in Britain, where you have uh, you, you're simply uh, the Republican view. And I mean literally. I don't mean the American politics system, the polit political party. The Republican view is com almost completely not represented in in the mainstream media. It's just not allowed to talk about that. Maybe you shouldn't have a royal family. It's just not even not even yeah, allowed yeah, to talk to yeah. talk about, right? But they will. So those stories about the Queen and the royal family, uh, and often it's quite scandalous stuff. You know, it's uh, you know sex outside marriage. Oh my goodness! And you can clutch your handbag and and worry <laughs> and say, my goodness. Um, and this is supposed to be news. This is, uh, but it has absolutely no impact on on every everyday life. No, it has uh, pure. It's distraction. a distraction. Pure distraction. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on with what other forms of censorship we got. Well, oh, there's, there's a new one that's come with uh, social media. Um, shadow banning. Shadow banning, and this is a yeah. this is a very sophisticated uh, technique. Um, it, I'm sure that that's not what they call it. If you work at it, is what they call they it. They do call it. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you seen those Project Veritas videos where uh, James O'Keefe goes undercover? And okay. Big shout out to him for exposing all the stuff ah, he's good, exposing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he 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 uh, he got got some undercover vi video of a guy at Twitter, you know, who explained the exact process of what they do. You know, but they basically the, the the idea with shadow banning is that they want to make you feel like you're posting and everything is cool and great, but you're just not getting as much response and you're not getting as much... It's kind of to, 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 to kind of depress your... Or depress your, your audience. Your audience. And, to uh, constrain it. Yeah, constrain much. it. But what they really do is that they don't really let... Nobody actually sees what you're posting. It's all kind of like... A, it's all silent. It's, it's, all, it's all silent. Like it's like you do something and then you you get like no responses and you're thinking, wow, nobody really cares about what I say anymore. And you kind of uh, 
eventually they want to get you to self-censor, which is another form of censorship, maybe the, the biggest of them all. Yeah, uh, you could so, say that. So anyway, it's very insidious, the shadow banning, because it's actually trickery. They're actually trying to fool you and they're, trying, they're, they're doing it you know, kind of secretly. That's right. And I think that there's, it's, uh, I think in the, especially in the case of uh, Facebook, uh, it's, it's outright lying. Uh, they, they promote an idea called frictionless sharing. Um, uh, I don't know if they've used that phrase recently, but that was certainly a phrase that, they, that Zuckerberg was using for quite some time. Um, he wants to make it very easy for people to share stuff. And it sounds great on, on, on paper, but what he really means by that is, uh, is not that your stuff gets shared with your friends, which is what you might think it means. What it means is that your stuff gets shared with them, and they decide if they want to share it with your friends or not. It's not your. That's not your decision. Uh, no. Whether whether your friends see it or whether anyone else sees it, if it's public. Yeah, they're after control of information. Basically. Exactly, and and I think that is a very very sinister uh, um, aspect of social media. We we are going to yeah, I, th I think that this is media. yeah, exactly. We're going to do a whole episode or episodes on that, but um. But it does count as a kind of a form of censorship, and uh, it is absolutely is, and it's 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 actually a, it's actually like a, like I said before, it's. It seems to be very uh, controlled and collaborated between the social media platforms. You know, like uh, I've seen, uh, there was a, they do these purges every once in a while, like just before the U.S. elections now. They basically wiped out all the conservative channels. Like, you know, there's one channel that I was listening to, I listened to religiously, um, SGT Report it's called. He had like, uh, I think between his two channels, of around 700,000 followers. And just from one day to the next, he was gone, disappeared. All his videos, you know, 15 yeah. years of, of posting and yeah. no explanation. You know, violation of community guidelines or, or something like that. No, no recourse. No, no, you can't talk to anybody. And they, they just did that. And then, and then the fun, and then to use his example, uh, he got wiped from, from YouTube. And then the day after... Suddenly, Mailchimp, you know, which is a, I don't know if you, you know what that platform is, but that's for mail lists for people. That, you know, so he, so he, not, not only did he lose contact with his 700,000 followers on YouTube, Mailchimp suddenly disappeared him. PayPal shut him off. I think they were also involved. Basically, basically, you're seeing it's not even social media. It's also like yeah, it's the other services, and they're all Silicon Valley uh, elite lockstep with each other. That's it was. Right. It's just once again, it really seems. Like there's marching orders. Somebody is in control of this stuff. It's not like uh, there's no way that all these huge companies are sitting there on the phone every day and talking to you. Well, you know, this guy SGT report. Let's all ban him together. Or, you know, I mean, they well, don't have I time for that kind of stuff. This I, is, I think they do do that. I think that's exactly what they do. No, I think they're getting their orders from somebody in there. They're just getting the memo. Oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, wipe them. No, I think I think it's more likely you got to, if, if there's influence from anyone, there will be plants from the intelligence services. Uh, yeah, but the plants are getting point. they're getting yeah, but there's orders from somebody, right? Sure, but they would they would never represent it as in that way to their colleagues. They would say, oh, no, of course I, not. Of course you not. know, they'd be in a position to say, all right, we we should close down that account, or we should close down that particular. Well, everything user. you know, everything is in the intelligence communities. You know, it's, yeah. it's done very subtly and uh, exactly, exactly. They don't, they don't really know. It's in secrecy, and you're not yeah. allowed to, to know what anything was going on. But, but plausible deniability is the, is the trick, right? Yeah, but obviously there's there's a there's a major issue with this um in my opinion there certainly is because it means that the uh, there's, the, there's two aspects to it one is that uh, the narrative is being controlled and the other interesting aspect is that if you can take some steps to uh change the narrative that you are exposing yourself to you have at least the potential to uh find greater truths uh get closer to what's really going on in the world and uh, that's very much what we're, that's why we're doing this actually, that's why we're talking about this stuff today. Exactly. Um, so uh, control of the narrative is very, very important and uh, being aware of how your uh, narrative is being controlled, uh, or excuse me, not your narrative, but the narratives that you're exposed to, how, how that's being steered and uh, um, filtered is extremely important. Um, there's another aspect too, which is uh, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have uh, to, to 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 get a, like a bad narrative from somewhere, right? I, 
a large part of the a large part of the narrative about uh, about fake news, for example, and um, uh, the anxiety that the mainstream media has about social media is that uh, all these uh, fake all this fake news is is being believed by everybody. Um, the, well, they're the fake news. The, laugh, the, <laughs> laugh, the laughable part about it is that they can't they haven't got an impeccable record by any means. No, they're fake. I mean, they got uh, caught faking things. Like, you for know, decades and decades. Well, they, let's take let's, 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 a classic example with this corona thing. You know, there were, you know, when uh, it started in China and then suddenly it, it hit the, the Lombardy region in Italy. And then next thing you know, you're seeing all the news cycles pretty much show the same video footage of like, you know, P, P, uh, they call it, they say it's a hospital in Mil Milan or somewhere or whatever, in, uh, in northern Italy. And there's bodies, you know, in body bags on, in the hallway, you know, all over the place. And they're telling you, this is what happened in Italy. They ran out of space and this and this and that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it turns out that, that footage that they showed wasn't even from Italy. It was from, uh, I can't remember exactly where, but it was from, it was like from two, three years earlier in, in, a, in a whole different country. I think it was somewhere in the Middle East or something. It, it, I mean, that's how fake it is. And, and the apologists for, for the this. same The same footage. You know, somebody just pulled it up on YouTube from another video three years earlier. The, the apologists for this stuff are going to say, well, it doesn't really matter which country it is, you know, the, this is a uh, worldwide virus. Actually, it does matter. The details do matter. Uh, it, because if, if they're going to lie about that, what else are they lying about? Oh, they're lying about everything. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, they're not. They're, they're they actually, they actually, they tell enough truths so that people can just check enough and go, oh, okay, that must, it must all be true. They do no, but I don't think they. I don't. Portion of it is true. I really don't. Yeah, you know what? And, that, and that's the way that I mean, proper, good propaganda works by, how, by having an element of truth. Another in example, you know, these demonstrations are going on. You, they they uh, they don't report anything on it. First, they try to admit admit, admit it, right? And next thing you know, you got these demonstrations like in Germany and Berlin. There was like a, over. A, they're saying over a million people, and I and I saw like people, you know, filmed it with their phone and Twitter, just a sea of. Of people there, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was massive amounts of people. And then you know, and then you go in the news, they, they they were at some point forced to cover it because uh, you know they couldn't ignore like a million people demonstrating. But they said, oh yeah, there was a demonstration in Berlin. You know, there was thirty, forty thousand people there, and uh, and 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 it's such a blatant lie because there were like a million people, and they, and they, and the million people that were there knew that there was a million people there. Mm -hmm. You know. They knew it, and then you know, and then they go home and they, and they watch the news and they tell them, "Oh, it's only thirty, forty thousand. I mean, who are you trying to fool here? Yeah. So I, they're losing their credibility at an incredible rate, and uh, and, and um, it, it's it's unbelievable. You know, and the only thing that they got going for them up to this point is, is is trashing Donald Trump. I think that's the only thing that kept them going. In the USA, yeah. In the USA, at least, yeah. yeah. But also, yeah, also here. I mean, it, it's it's like uh, yeah, of course, of course. But there have been other there have been other uh, bogeymen around the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, but no, but I think you touched upon something really, uh, really important. For, well, first of all, that demonstrations are almost never covered <laughs> with any accuracy, almost never, and that's this. They're that's, way underplayed. You yeah, know, they want to. And then, the last and, thing they want is for people to think, "Hang on a minute, this is an effective way of, of doing democracy." That's yeah. the last thing they want. They want you to. Uh, well, I think I think another thing is that they they want they don't want people to know, they they don't want the people sitting at home to know that there's. A million people out there that are very upset with what's going on out, you know, and they're demonstrating about anything. So yeah, you know, the, the, this goes into the next topic, which is uh, censorship, which is self-censorship. You know, if people think that they're that, you know, hey, I don't like what's going on, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm all alone. Everybody else is like, you know, oh, waiting yeah. for the vaccine. They think uh, they think the government's doing a great job. We you know is putting us in, in yes. lockdowns and face masks, and and I. That's the, that's the impression that they try to give you when in fact that's not even the case. But you know when when you when you think that you're kind of isolated on your own and, and, and nobody else thinks like you, then people tend to self-censor. You know, and, and another thing with the, also with the censorship on social media, you know, a, a lot of these channels that that actually eventually got yanked, you know, in the last few months, uh, you know, first they get demonetized, <laughs> so they 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 can't make they can't make a living off of YouTube anymore, and then. And then, uh, and then they get all these community strikes or something, you know, because they talk about, uh, you know, something that the so-called fact checkers think is <laughs> is not true. And uh, and so so they they self-censor. Like for example, uh, if you say anything about COVID or something, you know, that that, that the, the algorithms usually pick up on it, and you you get your strikes and or 
censored. So people, you know, found all kinds of creative ways. Either they spell it or they call it like the cornholio virus or, you know, all kinds of code names in order to fool the algorithms. But this is all self-censorship. That's what this is. You know, mm. people are f cannot freely express their ideas and emotions on, a, on these social media platforms. So in order to, you know, to keep, to, to, to keep the ability to broadcast and to, to get the message out there, they resort to all kinds of self-censorship and, and there's a lot of topics they won't touch. You know, I, think that, I think journalists themselves, a lot of journalists go into that trade. I recently learned that journalists don't like to call themselves a profession, they like to call themselves a trade, which is completely ridiculous, but okay, if that's what they want to call themselves. Um, a lot of journalists go into the trade with very, very noble lofty, admirable goals, intentions, that they want to inform people yeah, yeah, and, and tell the truth. Uh, I, think they, I think you're right. I think most of them really have good intentions and in a very short time, in a very short time they are, uh, are self-censoring in, in one way or another. And uh, <laughs> um, and that I think is really sinister because those are the people that we really rely upon to pull out the the details, the facts. It's the fourth estate. They're supposed to protect the Supposedly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, supposedly. And they're sure as heck not doing their job. I mean... It's got worse in the last 20 years, I think. Uh, well, but, at this point, I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid growing up, uh, we were told about the Soviet Union and uh, their news agency tests, you know. And Pravda. Pravda, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you know that 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 was pure propaganda, and every I mean everybody and, and knew they, it. The Soviets knew it too. Everybody they, knew it. They didn't believe like it. Nobody, yeah, nobody trusted a word they say. Not this even is, the this, party members knew it. <laughs> I believed it. And I look at I look at like uh, I mean the only difference between like you know CNN, BBC, and all these other places mm -hmm. is that they have like you know much nicer graphics and it's more and polished. Better, it's much more polished, but it it's. There's no difference. There's no difference. No, it's much the same, isn't it? And uh, and I think I think it's it's good that you mentioned the Soviet Union there because I think the Cold War kept the Western news media a little bit more honest. Yeah. So for the whole period of the Cold War, from the end of the Second World War right up until the early nineties. Well, um, I mean, if we dig into the history, I'm not. Oh, really there's sure. there's plenty of propaganda on the West side uh, in that period, but. Yeah. On the other hand, there was a there was a what we could say there was a, a imperative to demonstrate uh, how free the Western media was as long as the Soviet Union existed, and as soon as that disappeared, um, it's all hell broke loose. Well, it, it, it was slow in the beginning. It was yeah. slow in the beginning, but I mean Yeltsin came in right away, and he was, if anybody was a was a figure of propaganda, it was him, um, and uh, uh, Western propaganda. Yeah, um, of course. And uh, um, so it started almost immediately, and I think it's just got worse since that point. So uh, even though the, the Soviet citizens had a terrible time, they did. The Soviet Union kept the West a little bit more honest than it is now. And now there's no buffer. There's no. There's nobody that we have to prove ourselves to uh, in the in yeah. the Western liberal democracies. We don't have to prove it to anybody. And those those values have pretty much gone. They've pretty much disappeared. Well, I mean, now that I think, I uh, hope uh, we didn't depress all the listeners at this point with, <laughs> with how bad the situation is with censorship. Uh, uh, there's a positive but, but, side yeah, to the story. There's a, absolutely a positive side. There's a lot of positive sides. Um, one of the things I think is very positive here is that people are waking up to the fact that you can't trust the mainstream media or social media. And, uh, and a lot of people are, are very much aware of this. And, and the result of that is that uh, a lot of the so-called alternative, especially the people that have gotten banned and censored off of these platforms, they're they're, uh, creating, they're drawing big audiences. They're, they're drawing huge audiences. They're building their own platforms, censorship-free, and, uh, and and and, that, and most of the, a lot of people are turning to that to that for their news these days and to get informed, and that's beautiful. I, I know there's an exodus off of Twitter and Facebook at the moment. Um, and then you get all these alternative uh, websites, like uh, Parler. I haven't checked that out, but I heard this is it, it's they're growing like uh, you know I think in October they were up a hundred percent as far as the what's the their, users. What's their business model actually? Is it ad driven? Do you know anything about that? Um, That's quite it's, it's supposed to be a peer to peer thing. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Okay. Uh, I know that there's Gab also. Gab is where you know it, it is is kind of a 
in a way like a Facebook alternative, but it's um, it's very politically driven. Uh, it seems like I mean people are very free to post all the political ideas, and it's. Uh, I think you have to in any of those cases you have to look at the. Uh, and once again, it's, there's no centralized authority behind these things allegedly, at least as far as the way they advertise themselves. Well, they 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 their brand will be about being an alternative to a centralized, controlled. Okay narrative right so they will necessarily be more uh, more open and free the question is what happens you know five ten years down the line um, in every case and that's why I think that well we got to stop this I mean this is this is unacceptable I mean they will have it's, glo it's global we you know the, our situation right now we're head we're heading towards uh, some kind of global tyranny at the moment yeah. and uh, we're in a fight for our, for our lives and our children's lives and, and the future of humanity in a way. We in, really in, are. in the old days, uh, if the state wanted to censor something, so there would have to be some sort of legal backing to that censorship, and that could be something completely legitimate. Maybe it's you know somebody's promoting uh, child rape or something like that. Then it could be completely legitimate for the state to say, "Hang on a minute, we shouldn't do that." and um, but they, the point is, there would have to be some sort of legal uh, backup. There would probably have to be lawyers involved, and there would have to be some sort of case. Uh, the problem with social media is that there is no such legal well, oversight. Well, they kind of are. They're hiding behind some kind of a. It's called an Article Two Two Hundred Thirty, I think, in the U. At least in the U.S. And um, which was written, you know, forty something a long, long time ago, way before social media. And it's basically it basically is a protection for media outlets against uh, some something or other. They're, anyway, it's they're hiding behind. I can't remember the details of it. And actually, just today, by the way, uh, if we're going to talk about current news. Uh, Trump basically has just you know he's been fighting. Uh, he's been censored like like unbelievably. You know, U.S. president, but he's been fighting. He's been trying trying to fight the. Uh, Twitter and then the social media outlets, and um, he wants to get rid of this uh, 200 Article 230 protection for social media. And he basically said that he's going to veto the military budget for 2021. Oh, really? Uh, unless that's, the, unless that's, that's a piece of good news. Yeah. Well, if that ever happens. He, he wants to <laughs> he wants to veto it unless they uh, get rid of that Article 230. I think I'd just rather he just veto it. <laughs> well, I, I'd rather get rid of it and be good. Yeah, both would be good. Both would be good. Yeah, but uh, no, but let's be realistic here. Yeah. No, but I think I think you're touching on something really important that that uh, we are talking about an information war actually, and, uh, and this, is a, this is a sort of military exercise um, of, about uh, control. It's also a psychological war. About absolutely it. right. Uh, absolutely it's, a psychological war. Yeah, it's a psyop. It's a it's a, a narrative control uh, complex. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and the the first step and the the positive side of all of this is that a lot of people are tuning out. They're, they're well, they're realizing that that's what's the, what's yeah, going yeah, on. That's, that's and there are different stages of realization. There are people who suspect something, or there are people who just say, "Well, I don't really, uh, um, I don't really believe that those stories." Uh, but there's an increasing number of people who are actually actively, uh, as you say, tuning out, rejecting that stuff, and, and looking for uh, other sources of information. And as we mentioned earlier, um, um, there are many, many principled and decent journalists who do everything they can to many, 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 many. And and, and, and there's also some some of them, especially in these trying times where the censorship and the tyranny is just rearing its ugly head all over the place. Mm. I, I'm just every day I'm discovering new journalists, not, not only journalists, also attorneys, doctors, just. People doing great things, and by the way, you know they're getting censored. Like you know, doctors is another example. People that have been anybody who speaks out against what against the, the government policy on this COVID, which by the way is absolutely ridiculous. But that's another episode we're gonna have. Um, but anybody that dares speaks out against the against the uh, the government line, you know, is immediately disappeared. Out. The worst thing is it's not even about speaking out against it. It's just even if you just raise the question of, hey, is this a good idea? You're out. Of They're it. out. You're They're, out. Yeah. So, so, so even at that most, most most basic level of just making a simple inquiry, are we sure about this? Is the emperor naked or not? You know, let me, let just me ask you, let me ask you question. this question though: Why do you think that they're so aggressively censoring? I mean, the, the the censorship is just 
it, it just uh, beyond the Richter, you know, the Richter scale at this point. It's just it's happening so so broadly and so so much, and it's and on a global level. I mean, once again, I, it go, for me, I connect it to the fact that everything is is organized, collaborated. There's there's absolute. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it seems like there's a big higher force. It's kind of directing things, and 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 it's got its tentacles into social media, in media, and 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 governments, and all these different uh, and pharmaceutical industry, mm -hmm. big time, no mm -hmm. question about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just, you know, being a, also a conspiracy theorist for a good 20 years, you know, since 9/11, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is it, you know. This is actually what I've been researching and reading about all, all, all uh, the good 20 years, and I've researched a lot about this. And I've seen like the plans, and I've seen what they were intending to do, and I, I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. There's no way. And it's happening, and, and you can see where this is going. So um, this is it, people. You know, got to mm. get out of the comfort zone, and we got to get out there and do whatever we can to stop this thing because. Yeah, I'm, I'm there's not, no happy ending to what, where this is going. I, I'm a little bit more skeptical about that that view, but I, I think effect, the effect is the same. That that uh, that um, you have. I think that there's a lot of true believers in in who are part of the narrative management system. Uh, I don't think that's an exaggeration to call it a narrative management system. I mean, there is a there is a system of narrative management. It's thoroughly inf infiltrated by specific intelligence services, intelligence organizations, notably uh, people like the CIA and the NSA and so on. Um, but oh, also... Yeah, I don't talk about MI6 and Mossad <laughs> All right, let's let them in as well. Uh, and that's not Just the end. Disclose, hey, that's I'm not from Israel. It's not the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and of course. Brennan, it was British, so... We, yeah, we, we need to be represented with the intelligence agencies. Yes, exactly. We might as well bring them in. Uh, the point is, though, that uh, um, and they, of course, they have common goals. That's the other thing, and that in itself will lead to uh, uh, a consensus on their side, and they will kind of yeah. uh, play each other's games and help each other out in all kinds of ways. What the British media calls the special relationship—it's it's such a Chilling, <laughs> chilling euphemism yeah, for what yeah. really happens between those two countries. Um, but anyway, well, that's uh, another episode. <laughs> oh, okay, but anyway, um, I have a lot to say about that. I don't really want to go there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, so I think that um, uh, certainly there is a there is a coordination going on uh, on, a, on an international absolutely. level. Uh, I, I would. I, I don't quite buy into the idea that there's a kind of grand conspiracy. I think there's a. I think that those uh, efforts often break down. They are often uh, reconceived, re reorganized. Um, there are often uh, contradictions in those. Uh, we were oh, talking. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we're going to have this conversation uh, pretty so, much every episode. Certainly, because I, <laughs> I and, it, and it's a good. It's a really good. That's a really yeah. great thing to be to to kind of turn over every time because yeah. I think that it. It creates a, uh, a prism or, a, or a, um, a lens that we can use to. Uh, I mean, there is there is a driving force that just keeps on pushing towards this, you know, totalitarian world government thing, and it, it's it, it's incessant. It never stops, and I, it just looks to me like a, that's the drive. You know, whether there's you know people are falling in and falling out of line and. Different things, of course. It's never. It's, it's, a, it's, a, world. it's a trend, right? It's a trend in that direction. And I think oh, it's it's been going for like you know. And, and there's no doubt that there are people who absolutely for a good think hundred that years at least. You know, there's no thousands. Doubt, and, yeah, there's no doubt there are people who really do want to make it happen. Uh, powerful yeah. people who really do make, want to make it happen. Um, so you know, I would go along with you in that in that sense. But uh, well. Um, the, the the more important point is that the if, whether it's the one way or the other that, that it's organised. The effect is the same, right? And the the drive is the same. The the the, the end point is the same. And uh, I I just like to think that uh, those contradictions, those disagreements, those in, that infighting. You know, when you have uh, <laughs> when you have the American military going up against people trained by the CIA in the Middle East, which has happened many times, then you know it's uh, <laughs> it's terrible, of course. But at the same time. 
it gives me some hope that, okay, these people aren't as smart as they think they are if they're actually fighting against themselves. They've, they've obviously missed something. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That's, uh, I think that everything is planned by design. But yeah. They, just because it looks like they're fighting themselves in the news, you know, it's... Well, I wouldn't put it I past them. I wouldn't trust that. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to... I mean, there's so much that. money going into that stuff. Uh, and whoever's spending, you know, we're, there's a good reason for that. Maybe. But you know what? Let's uh, get positive again, and let's uh, let's talk about what people can do. Solutions. Uh, solutions. Yeah. Solutions. First. First thing. Get off. Get off the mainstream media. Get off the mainstream media. Get or off the least, social media. At least with mainstream and media. And don't believe everything you're told. You know, I I, I would highly recommend to people to research uh, research. A lot of topics, research history. I know that a lot of people are busy and it's not really the, their thing, and they don't want to like uh, get into all these these subjects. But uh, you know, things that especially are very invasive. For example, this uh, this vaccine that they want to rule out. You know, I've heard some horrendous things about it, which I'm going to probably talk about in other episodes. But uh, once again, people need to, to to investigate and research this stuff before they put that in their body. For for example, or before they acquiesce to, to, to all these different I think, I think things it, that are going on and, and, and accept it because because it should, you know this is this is it this is our future and and uh, you know if we shut off our brain and just just follow you know the pipe piper is going to lead us to you know mm -hmm. into the gorge mm -hmm. so there, that's where it's going oh certainly well I think um, so yeah so Yes. People should need to switch, switch off the switch off the mainstream media, uh, or, or at least you should look at it extremely critically, and you should remember that in, in almost every case, uh, nothing appears in the social. In, excuse me, nothing appears in in mainstream media unless there is unless it's uh, aligned with the uh, uh, the interests of the advertisers and the intelligence services. Exactly. Um, Nothing. There's not a single story that will ever appear in no. the main, uh, mainstream media. And maybe, when we maybe, say advertisers, let's uh, call them by name. It's the big pharma. It's uh, for example. For I example. Mean, so they'll, you'll never get any 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 bad publicity about uh, about you know about a drug company. About a drug company. <laughs> no, but that's extremely unusual that that would ever that such a story would ever. Maybe 20, 30 years ago you might those kind of stories, but they were always not since the nineteen eighty. When they made release the, when they made the I think that's that's, a, was it? that's an interesting observation. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, there was a but even before that, it was extremely rare that would be any any critical reporting about the pharmaceutical industry. Um, yeah. uh, they were perhaps one of the first industries to really get a hold of the to grab a hold of the narrative actually, and they've done it extremely effectively. Um, and yeah. uh, and then social media, which. For yeah, some years, it looked like it was an alternative, didn't it? And it looked like, okay, now this is... Well, the good news is there's a lot of other social medias. You just have to get off of, the, you know, the fangs. The uh, Facebook, yeah. Apple, Amazon, uh, Net Netflix, Google. I'm, I, I confess and I've got really low expectations about the, the alternatives. I think they, they will all either get, they will either sell out or they won't reach critical, critical mass. But... I hope critical mass. What's critical mass? Well, critical mass. You don't need like two billion people. Like, if, I mean, people that want to look at kitty cat videos and, and what people are oh, having for dinner. Well, they're well served. They're well, they're, yeah, they're well served in Facebook. They're never <laughs> going to leave there. But I mean, is that really what people that want to get informed? We're talking. We're, we're talking about people that want to want to get their information, but don't want to be lied to and and, and, and and get all this propaganda. This is a solution we're trying to offer. And yeah. for that, there's plenty of uh, things. Like I mentioned, Gab. I mentioned uh, Parlor. Uh, there's a few other ones that I'm not really sure what's going on there, but like there's Steemit, there's Mines, there's um, yeah. Anyway, there's a good diaspora. There's a lot. Huh? Diaspora. Diaspora. Is that all? Is that all? I, I think that's still going. Yeah. Okay. I, I have an account on there. I don't use it, but yeah. yeah but uh, there, there are, and, 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 but uh, I, I and think of course, of course, the best thing people can do is, is, is in my opinion, is, is to, to share ideas, uh, you know, in, in well, small think, groups and small forums also. I think we need to keep those guys on their toes. We need to keep those social, those smaller social media actors on their, on their toes. Right? And most importantly, we have to mention, the best alternative is Actual. the assemblage point oh, yeah, podcast. Ah. <laughs> this is where you want to be. This is where you're going to get the real news. Well, I don't know about that, but I would say, I was going <laughs> to say that uh, individual journalists are probably the most reliable 
individual journalists who've been, yeah. who, for one reason or another, have been uh, marginalised. Do you have any shout-outs that you wanted to hear? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of John Pilger. I mentioned him earlier. Yeah, I think, me too. I think, I, like he, I think he just nails it every time. Um, I like Whitney Webb from... Uh, Whitney Webb is absolutely news. great. Um, Incredible. There are some really, really good ones. Consortium News, uh, Robert Parry, when he was still alive, he died last year. Um, uh, sadly, but his uh, project, Consortium News, one of the very first, I think, if not the first, uh, Alex investigative Newman news. from... Uh, Him, I don't know. He's an American pre press news, I think, American. Um, and then you've got, some, then you've got hundreds of, of really very good bloggers doing ex yes, exceptionally yes. good work. Uh, and this is the future. The future is a, is, is a bunch of guys, you know, sitting uh, with their microphones and, and doing research at home and, and, uh, and sharing their information with other people that are doing the same and, and putting the big picture together. Yeah. And this is another thing I want to mention is that we have full intention of like bringing guests and, and talking about you know yes. other subjects and introducing a whole bunch of uh, different things in this podcast and uh what do you say should we uh wrap it up with a nice little song about the censorship that we yes which we recorded we earlier <laughs> we're gonna play for you now <laughs> enjoy, and, enjoy. You, you heard you heard the first snippet of it uh, in the opening here and this is a song called down the memory hole so uh, anyway, I hope uh, that this was valuable for everybody and uh, really enjoyed uh, talking about these subjects and I hope uh, we'll see you again in future podcasts. And, uh, yes, and uh, bona fide challenges are always welcome. Uh, so uh, Yeah, absolutely. And if yeah. there's any topics or any things that we missed and people want to bring up or any extra points, uh, we're very much open. We, we do want to make this kind of an open source uh, podcast where we get questions and sure. open topics yeah we do want to make this collaborative and, and actually create a community of people that care and want to do something together absolutely right it's about I, we, we all we're, it's all about comparing comparing our when you do, when you lose that uh, that that sort of fantasy that, that the truth belongs to let's say the BBC or the New York Times when that when that evaporates uh, what have we got? We've got each other. That's all we have left. And uh, we need to be able to rely on each other. And we also need to be able to challenge each other. And, uh, and I think that's, that's a very important part of what we're doing here is we're challenging yeah. ourselves, we're challenge, challenging each other, we're challenging the narratives. Uh, and we hope and expect that we'll get challenges too. And, uh, and uh, we look forward to yeah, responding to that. We want to open that. up the dialogue and we want to open up and share the ideas. And, yeah. uh, and uh, well... I guess thanks for it. paying attention. And yeah, thanks this for is our first episode. This is the end of episode <laughs> one of the Assemblage Point. Please tune in to the future episodes. And enjoy the song. And enjoy the song.
You are in violation of our community guidelines. Thank you.